Welcome to Big Feelings, the podcast where two prematurely crotchety weirdos in suburban exile talk about parenting and other strange, weird, gross, and interesting things. And I think that we do need to say that this is not a podcast about children's feelings. It's about ours, <laughs> because those are more important. I'm Ginger. And I'm Lo. We're going to start... At the very beginning. Where does it all begin? A very good place to start. Well, we're not going to talk about the very beginning because that'd just be gross. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk about when we got a plus sign on the stick forward. Oh, my God. Oh, this is with the first child? I mean, sure. Just whatever. Mm. And I think, actually, a good thing to address is I have two kids. I've been pregnant three times. Oh, yeah, I had a miscarriage in between, and I'm pretty pragmatic, so mm-hmm. I wasn't fucked up about it, mm-hmm. but I know that a lot of women do get really super fucked up about it and blame mm-hmm. themselves. And and it's not something that a lot of people talk about. I know, which is like... You feel like you're the only one going through it. One out of five pregnancies results in miscarriage, so... Mm-hmm. It's very normal. I think that considering how much, like, when you watch those videos of how a baby forms, <laughs> like, where they literally zip together at a certain part and their face looks super weird, it's like, how does, how do any of us have, like, eyeballs where they're supposed to be? <laughs> like, that's just amazing. And then to me, like, the worst part about having the miscarriage, because I had, I was dumb, and, like, the minute I got the plus sign, I was like, hey, everybody, I'm mm-hmm. tell everybody. And... I, you know, people are like, oh, and I was like, oh, I'm not pregnant anymore. And then they, and the, oh, and then they start talking to you like this. Oh, mm-hmm. Me being me, I was just joking about this really fucked up French dip sandwich I had eaten in <laughs> and how that was probably it. But yeah, people don't talk about it. It's super and how normal. how far along were you? Oh, not very. It was okay. just like the worst period ever. Mm-hmm. And I was super stressed out. Jeremy was working full time and in school full time and... Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this probably isn't the best time. But we had been trying for number two, so it kind of bought me some more time. But other, but other than that... So your kids, we should say, are eight... And five. And five. And yours. And I have an 11-year-old and an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm kind of like you. I kind of I say that I've had... 2.5, well, 3.5 children, because I had a miscarriage, too. And similar story. Just yeah. very, you know, it came and went, and I was shocked at how nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. And how it really is something that is either not allowed to talk about, or that it's just, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. Oh. Or... Or you have, uh, or you have, the Pewoks, who give you those good advices. Like, um, what was it? Oh, don't worry. You still have two other children. Focus on their living children. Yeah. Why are you so bummed out? Yeah, you have two other kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we should say what a pe- what is a Pewok? Pewok is a person without kids, and they give the best parenting advice. They really do. So, they know. It, they, they don't have kids, but if they did, mm. they would be much better parents than either of us. That That's true. Mm. Absolutely. Podcast is done. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but yeah, so get, we, we just dove, we just really dove in with both feet into that. Look at that. And Check yeah. it off. 
So, yeah, we are getting into it. The kids are upstairs with a couple of rolls of toilet paper and a few books and matches. So, we Big are- bucket of Cheez-Its. <laughs> Should be fine. Yep. So, yeah, let's talk, let's talk pregnancy. Let's see. Do you want to start or do you sure. want me to? I'll go first. Okay. I got a, So, my first pregnancy was the summer of 2009, which was one of the hottest on record. But other than that, like... Because I approach everything so with, with, like, I can do anything if I read a giant pile of books about it. I have, like, my stack of 11 books. Ten of them this I wanted to set on fire. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like, when I first found out. What to expect when you're expecting. Oh, that was one of them. Girlfriend's Guide to Pregnancy. Oh. Oh, and the worst was Jenny McCarthy's Belly Laugh. Why did oh, you do that? Fucking idiot. Someone told me it was funny. It's not. Did you get it at a garage sale? Oh, I think I got it at, like, Half Price Books. Oh, Ugh, God. Just puke. Anyway, yeah, so I felt great. Like, I was like, these books are all full of shit. Like, I feel amazing. <laughs> I felt better than normal. And then as it progressed, and it was like, easy peasy pregnancy, I did this thing called centering, which is like a group checkup. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun because I got to like, you know, check my own proteins and Jeremy would come with me and he would check my blood pressure. And then the midwife would come over with the Doppler and we would hear the baby. And then... We would gather in a circle and share our thoughts. There were about like 10 couples, I think. So uh, we would gather in a circle. Is this in lieu of a birthing class? Yeah. It it was kind of like a birthing class and like a medical appointment together. Oh, Um, with other people. Yes. Yeah. So we were in this big room and there were all these couples, you know, doing their stuff. So, yeah. And then we would have these like chit chats but because we live in the pacific northwest it was just me saying weird shit and (laughs) everyone staring at me um so my favorite was um i knew some people that were doing perennial massage at home uh yeah together you know the the husband was was doing it was like this thing of like i know what it is but at the doctor's appointment no 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 no, no, no. oh my god no No. Yeah, we all sat around in a circle and watched this dude just fucking yard on his wife's veg. Uh, and that's what perennial massage is. <laughs> and we're all going to watch. Um, almost as good as that. No, but like someone had been telling me about it. So I, you know, we get in our circle and, oh, do you have any questions? And I'm like, well, do I need to do, do I need to be doing perennial massage? No, that doesn't mean massage that you do all year round. So it's where you kind of preemptively stretch shit out so that when you have the baby, you don't tear everything open Mm -hmm. and i just want to preface this is one of the other people in this entering class was a nurse so the midwife's like hmm well do any of you know what that is and they all just sat there and she was like do any of you know what a perineum is (laughs) and they all just sat there including the fucking nurse also have none of you ever read the insert on a tampon box because that's how i learned what it was so here it comes so then the midwife's like Lorraine, would you like to explain what a perineum is? <laughs> and no. I was like, like to, but I will, you know. Um, so I was like, well, do any of you guys, have you ever heard of a taint? And the midwife cracked up. The social worker who was there was like, what? What's a taint? And I was like, well, I taint one and it taint the other. It's the area in between. Anyway, yeah, and everybody just... That is not how it got that name. Taint? Yeah, taint. Or you just made that up? No. 
Seriously? Taint one. Taint your badge. Taint your beehole. No. Taint. Taint. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's funny. God, you I know. learned something new today. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what is a taint? I mean, it's not like you do things with it or it's an area. Like, you, you know, I don't well, think you anyone's getting Well, you have to massage it, you obviously. Don't, you don't actually. So, thankfully... <sighs> She was like, you know, you know, no, you don't need to do that. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. And I did more Googling mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. no, it's just for funsies. <laughs> <laughs> to make the hubby feel like he's doing or, something. You know, to like, I mean, I don't know, maybe. So yeah. And then continued on with the pregnancy. My daughter's due date was like August 19th. My, I was fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Um, How much weight did you gain? I don't even know. I don't. You didn't believe check. In weighing myself. Did but they, they do it the thing that the it's doctor. like, I don't know, a lot. Like, I don't remember. I think a lot. Something a lot. When I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant from my collarbone to my knees. (laughs) And so your face is looking real good. Yeah, my face was looking pretty good. What wasn't looking good were my feet, Mm. which looked like when you inflate a surgical glove. Like, Mm. and at one point, my mom, who's not super touchy-feely, was like, oh, honey. And she went to massage one of them. And I was like, don't you do that? Because I actually thought that this my foot might rupture and explode. Like, it, they were so... I, I couldn't mm-hmm. get them into flip-flops. It mm-hmm. was crazy town. Ugh. But the great thing was, I couldn't see them most of the time. So, I was just <laughs> like, don't ask, don't tell, feetsies. Yeah. And then I guess just all the stuff you watch on Baby Center and you're like, now I've got a kumquat. Now I've got mm-hmm. a watermelon. Now I've got a four-month-old. Um, <laughs> in, I think there's a few more fruits in there. <laughs> there's a lot of but, fruits. I think there's a couple vegetables. Uh-huh. Avocado is a fruit. A raisin. Started off as a raisin. raisin. Yeah. yeah. Then and we, we go to like up. honeydew. And go first. And then second pregnancy was like total opposite. Puking everywhere. If you really want a good time, try totally yarfing in the Safeway parking lot at like 11 in the morning and see what kind of looks <laughs> that's got against you. And then I think it was our 20-week checkup. And I, yeah, I just felt like shot. And then our 20-week checkup, you know, I'm like, oh, yay, you know, excited to find out the sex and all that stuff. The doctor came in and told us that he had a minor birth defect. I knew something was up because, you know, that we were sitting there for a really long time. Like, we got the ultrasound, and then I'm like, uh... So, yeah, he came in, and um, he was really weird about it. And he said, I'll never forget, he was like, well, look at Joaquin Phoenix. Like, he's done all right for himself. That's how he started? The- well, yeah, that's that's like where he went with it. He was like, oh, you know. Oh. But he was saying, I think, that Harold's birth defect was commensurate with a cleft palate. So Harold had what's called a UPJ, which is where the tube that goes from your kidney to your bladder has a kink in it, just like a hose. But then what happens is the kidney can't drain and it just continues to get bigger and Mm. bigger and bigger. So from that point on, it became a very heavily supervised pregnancy. And Jeremy was still in school full time and working full time. And it sucked so bad. I had to go and again, you know, hashtag blessed. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel lucky that... I got to have the experience of going through all this without something with like really fucked up consequences. They were basically like, we're going to heavily monitor you, but it's a super easy surgery. So as soon as he comes out, we'll just, they just snip the kink. They sew it together 
and then his, his kidneys like a little. Wait, so he would be born, and then they would they would yeah make an incision and go do a little surgery. Yeah, yeah. So he has a little like one inch scar. Oh my gosh! Because um, he had that done when he was five months old. So. Oh, at five months. At five not months. Just not just right not in utero. I, I, I could okay. never get anyone to explain, like, because I was like, is the kidney going to explode? And they were like, no, kidneys are super elastic, so it'll just continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I was like, well, are you going to intervene if you see something? And they were like, oh, no, we're just monitoring it. Mm. So, meanwhile, I got to go, you know, all the way up from the suburbs to Seattle. At the end, I feel like it was like once or twice a week for NSTs, which is a non-stress test, and ultrasounds, and then my like regular appointments. And this, and you're working full time. And I and I'm trying to work as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with both kids, I worked up to the due date. Yep. So, because you know, why not? Like, what else do I have to do? Yeah, nothing. And you know, self-employed, so no maternity leave. So I gotta like get my bills paid. And then with Clem, I went back to work a month after I had her. But with Harold, because I had a C-section, it was six weeks. Thanks, America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes no sense. And I'm lucky enough to have family help and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But yeah, so cray-cray, pregnancy, so many people involved. Yeah, and then towards the end, that's when I found out that I was having an 11-pound baby. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which now, now your first child, your first girl was yes, nine one nine pounds one ounce. Yeah, and <gasps> yeah, and we'll get, we'll get more into pounds. that in the next episode. But we'll cover birth. <laughs> it's going to be a gross one. Get ready to hear vagina a lot <laughs> and more tank talk. But yeah, so I you know I'm kind of I feel lucky I got to have two very different experiences. I thought it was super fun. I love being pregnant. Even mm. when it's shitty. Because you're never alone. You always have your little buddy never. with you. And you don't really have to do anything. It's just always following you around. Yeah. You don't have to feed it. You yeah. don't have to It's shitting inside it. you. You don't have to take it to the <laughs> fucking park. Yeah. Oh, nope. It works out all on its own all night long. Yeah. And I got, and we've both grown a penis. I know. Cool? Yeah. That was a grown trip. A penis. That was a trip for me when I found out we were having a boy. Because we had our two girls. And then our three-year-old, now three-year-old, he he was a boy. <laughs> and I couldn't get over the fact that there was a penis. <laughs> in oh, In my gut. That wasn't there. I, that you know yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> true. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, three pregnancies. Different, same. What, what were your experiences? Did you puke a lot? Um, How'd you feel? Well, fuck. Um, my first pregnancy, well, you know, like, you put so much into that first pregnancy. <laughs> where you're, Ooh. like, I did the same thing. Yeah. Read all those books. Mm-hmm. And I would even, like, read a chapter that went right along with the week that I was in. Wouldn't, you know, go forward. I was in, uh, I was in grad school at the time because I was going to master's in teaching. So... When I was 9.5, it's, it's 10 weeks. I mean, 10 months, right? Yeah. 10 months. Okay, so when I was 9.5 months pregnant, I graduated. My feet were... Did you have I just, feet? I think it was the feet that I remember most about that mm-hmm. pregnancy. 
It's crazy looking. Ugh. And you just, you can sink your finger Ooh. like in it and it leaves a hole, man. Oh God, gross. Okay. I think what was really funny about the for having the first pregnancy of our friend group was how many friends just were like, oh, that's so cool. Um. Um, <laughs> you guys are only like 29. Oh, my God. We are so not ready to have kids. Where do you guys live again? Wait, wait. Where North- did you live at that time? Were you in Seattle? Yeah, in Seattle, but North Seattle, okay. which is pretty much the boondocks. <laughs> to like anybody else. Cindy's House of Pancakes? Um, so, Bright Run Lake City. Oh, like, okay. Where the where the weed shop is now. And Word. But, so that was, that was an interesting thing to see lots of our friends just kind of go, whoa, where are... Yeah. They didn't see us anymore. But... See, I just didn't have friends. <laughs> You're smart. <laughs> You were just smart. You avoided that whole thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, the pregnancy itself was awesome. I, too, I really loved carrying a child. I felt like that that was my purpose. That's, you know, here on Earth. That's what I'm supposed to do. We had a scare um, when she was about three months in my tummy where they were trying to find her and they couldn't find her and they were like fishing all around and like oh trying to find the heartbeat and all that sort of stuff my doctor told me she's like we're gonna have to you know think about abortion and you're gonna have to pass the baby and 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 at that point i was kind of like uh wait a minute i was i'm still pregnant right well we're gonna have to send you to another doctor to go and check that out so they sent me to a specialist to go and really get in there with the ultrasound. Oh, the vag ultrasound? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, nope, there she is. Look at her back there. She's all floating around. Was with she a little- skinny fetus? Because she's... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Super skinny fetus. My kids are about chunky ass fetus. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a tilted uterus. Oh, word. Yeah, that is something special that you know about me now. <laughs> that I have a tilted <laughs> uterus. Okay. Yeah. So that just means it's like, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No biggie. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, graduated from grad school, and two weeks later, no, two months later, I uh, popped a baby out. And that shit was awesome and fucking hard. And I can't even believe that there are as many humans in this world because there are a lot of painful, painful, painful experiences that go along with birthing a child. Oh, my God. Table that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Our birth episode is going to be... It's going to be amazing. Spectacular. (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to blow you up. It's going to be the quadruple episiotomy. <laughs> and then did you feel different with your other two? Or did you... Did you bjarf? Did you bjarf? Yeah, I bjarfed <laughs> a couple times. Bjarfing was... <laughs> you know, we expected. I think I bjarfed one time with Clem. I... Like, I... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I did really either. But then Harold just everywhere. I'm a um, really good barfer, though. You like, know, I'm one thing that quick. you do when you have one kid is um, when you have your first 
pregnancy is you don't take ibuprofen, you don't take aspirin, you don't eat deli meat, you don't eat sushi. God, you just don't do a whole, you don't drink coffee. Don't you? (laughs) (laughs) That's what's wrong with your child. Okay, yeah. So much of that shit. I was like, but why? Like, if you tell me to do something, it's like, that's fine. But why? You better tell me. So, like, I started doing more research into the sushi thing. Because as soon as someone's like, you can't have this, then it's like, oh, it's all I want. At one point, I do remember there's those little coronitas, little tiny coronas. And I just, I was so hot. And all I could think about was just, like, a cold beer. And I don't really drink that much, you know. But so Jeremy opened one up for me. And I had, like three sips and and it was like all right that was great that's all i need and the sushi shit it's it's about visible parasites if you're going to a sushi restaurant oh where they are slicing up a worm oh, oh, oh. and putting it in some rice <laughs> I, I mean i don't know what to tell you second pregnancy rolls around i was eating a lot of sushi <laughs> like dgaf <laughs> check i coffee, made a good sushi. baby in the beginning the second one some things can slide let's We're, be honest I just didn't, I was the exact opposite. I just decided not to ever really eat anything except for kale. I remember the day that I went to Taco Bell and had a crying breakdown after having Taco Bell when I was like eight months pregnant, thinking that that there was going to be something totally wrong with her. Number two, number one? Oh, it was number one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, jeez, lady. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I ate, so my... So this is a good topic. Cravings. Mm-hmm. Cravings are real. I lived on with Clem SpaghettiOs with a sliced avocado on top. I have never eaten that before or since. Oh my and god. It was all I wanted. <laughs> oh. Ginger just gagged. Oh. <laughs> SpaghettiOs are like the worst food. Whatever it's uh, it's like real down veg- there. Vegetable. No. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. I it's mean, like some kind of pasta. <laughs> Oh God, that's disgusting. But, yep, I'm, whatever, yeah. whatever. It was nutritious. It was yeah. healthy fats. Do you know I eat like a raccoon that lives behind an Arby's? <laughs> like that was me being healthy. That was super healthy. I don't. Yeah, it's bad. And then with Harold, banana Slurpees, which <gasps> okay again I have haven't. That I mean, amazing. I do love banana flavored anything, but yeah, mm. it was like banana Slurpees all the time. I just mm. wanted it all the time. That was mine. Did you eat? You're not healthy. Uh, You're all like yeah, healthy. I was a big melon person. Like, I really liked watermelon. Because you had, did you have summer? You had a, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Della was a summer baby. I had Della when I was August. So yeah. God, fuck, so when you, is her birthday? <laughs> oh, shit. August 8th. I had her on August 8th in okay. the summer of 2006. Making sure that I have that right. And that everybody heard it so they can steal her identity. <laughs> Do you want to tell her social security number? Two? It is 555. <laughs> so, yeah, two yeah. August babies. What about the other ones? What month? Just tell the month. Oh, April okay. was the month. And I would so say that with her. Pregnancy, this, which seems so, lovely. when you have your second, you kind of just let things fall by the wayside. So, yeah. I drank shit tons of coffee. I probably had ibuprofen on more than one occasion because I, I got really bad migraines, mm. like, at the time. Oh, cravings. Yes. Girl Scout cookies. Mm. Because it was she was born early April, and that Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> you keep drifting away on your ball. <laughs> Samoas. 
Thin Mints, Dosey Dose. Mm-hmm. I would go to those Girl Scout little booths and I would buy like two, three cases. It was wow, nice. Yeah, I gained a lot of weight, a mm. lot. And let's see, number three. I don't even remember. I hardly remember having a third baby at all. <laughs> In fact, sometimes I forget that he is with me and I leave without him. <laughs> no biggie. Oh, do you have to set one of those reminders on your phone? Don't forget to get your baby out of the car. <laughs> that is such bullshit. I just don't. I, I don't even. I don't even know. Um, I mean, I know people get stressed out. I know. How does that even happen? I just. I think that people take out life insurance at policies on their kids, and but hey, things happen. I try not to be judgmental, but it's so hard. Mm. And we all, we both know a couple people have have done that. I've left their kid in the car on purpose and cashed in life insurance policies. Which reminds me, you know, I don't like, know people. Okay, but I. So, mm. which brings me to that I am a morbid weirdo who is obsessed mm-hmm. with true crime and just like everybody else is these days, the paranormal and all things interesting and weird. And so the first half of this podcast is it, it. Well, this podcast is going to be like Joe Dante's cinematic masterpiece gremlins. The first half is our Mogwai and then midnight comes and we're going to fucking dump some water on that thing and give it a bunch of popcorn and shit's going to get slimy and gross yes. and weird. You know, so, yeah. we, we tried to show our children that movie gremlins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That did not go well. You know, there's a whole part. There's a whole part in that movie where have you seen it lately? I haven't seen it lately, and I've been on the fence real about watching it with the kids. No, you will not watch but it with the, the kids. Thing. I have very it's clear terrifying. memories. I have very clear memories. I was obsessed with that movie when I was Clem's age. Yeah, and I have. So I was at Camp River Ranch. My big Camp River Ranch memory is laying on the floor in the lodge, reading the novelization with the photo still inserts from the movie, and I read. I read. The novelization of Gremlins probably two or three times. Because um, that, yeah, well, I did that. Uh, but I have talked to people mm. who are like, dude, no. Because like, I'm like, it's Clem really for Gremlins? And they're like, you should watch it again first. Gremlins in the blender. Mm-hmm. Just being in the room. Isn't there a part like, where Santa Claus dies? Well, or that's Phoebe Cates' origin story. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Santa, her dad dressed up as Santa and got stuck in a chimney, right? And just... So that's why she hates Christmas and tank that shit. <laughs> Don't even <laughs> to each their own. Mm. Like I love that movie. Yeah, it is a pretty awesome movie and Gizmo. But anyway, so Gizmo. This is a uh, our podcast is going to be that format, Gremlins format, with no bl- blender. I feel like we've covered pregnancy. I guess maybe we should Let's take see. a sec to check on the children. <sighs> It's really funny because I, I wrote notes kind of in preparation for <laughs> what we you. were talking about. And I wrote tons of tons of stuff Aww. for number one, right? Yeah. I'm still scrolling. Look at this. Still wow. scrolling. And then there's number two. And it's about half the length. <laughs> poor poor Jameis. And then Jameis is he like- gets like two lines. <laughs> now that's what happens when you have three kids. Yeah. And, as we're going to talk about later, she gets real weird when you have 13. <laughs> <laughs> and we know all about that. I mean, we could I really do, speak and that. I'm, yeah. We I mean, are better should, Are we transitioning than... <laughs> to the fucked up part? 
right now? Can we do it? Should we go from taints to turpins? Do we need to talk about anything else? Let's, I don't think so. Oh, I did want to ask you this um, question. When you had your second baby, did you expect a baby shower? Did you get a baby no. shower? No. Because you know about the new trend now that second babies get what's called a sprinkle? Uh, yeah, it's a real thing. Like, people call it this, sprinkle. It's like, weird. let's have a sprinkle for your second child. Not a shower. It's okay. a sprinkle. Is it a golden sprinkle? <laughs> <laughs> I would want one of those. <laughs> golden sprinkles. It is funny that, like, you're pregnant and everyone's like, is it your first? And when you're like, no, they're like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, that's mine, too. Yeah. Oh, standing over there with the... With the, the dirt, the thing over. that looks like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sprinkle. I mean, you still need shit. I mean, it's it's yes, fair. It's true. You, you know, I think especially the, if you change genders. Yeah, and the but. best, the best baby shower gift that I got was one of my clients who got me like two hundred and fifty diapers from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like they showed up in those big weird blue velvet bags. Yeah, and that was amazing. You got like so yeah. If you have a pregnant friend, buy them boxes of diapers or if they, if cards, they go man. cloth you can yeah right nobody does that if you nobody if, does if, cloth diapers if your friend says that they're going to use cloth diapers <laughs> they are going to need they're going to use cloth diapers for about three months so yeah okay so did you have any other pregnancy thoughts let's see gosh uh-uh. yes I did. Uh-uh. <laughs> um i feel like I really want to reiterate, even though this is not an advice podcast and we are not experts, that if you have a miscarriage, it is not your fault. It's Mm -hmm. not something that you did. You're not being punished by the flying spaghetti monster, Jesus, or anybody else. You are okay and you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. Uh Uh-oh. The Kraken. The Kraken has realized his popsicle is gone. Is it handled? <laughs> it was a popsicle, I told you. It was, oh, shit, popsicle. You need drama. another banana popsicle. Okay, so when I saw you last week and you gave me podcast blue balls, <laughs> we were talking, and then we were just like chit-chatting, and I mentioned the Turpin family, and you said you didn't know who that was. And I screamed, Tamar! <laughs> and you would not allow us to no. talk about it. Mm-mm. I've been dying to know. And, and yeah, I've restrained yourself. Um, so yeah, those those podcast balls turned black. <laughs> My podcast I guess, man in the community. To be up clear, we were going floor. to do this. We were going to do this first episode last week yeah. <laughs> you came over and you're like so let's get it going on and i was like um i what do we do do we use our iphones uh <laughs> i'm yeah you ready to get to turpin okay turpin time so yeah i occasionally something happens in the news that i'm just like oh yeah <laughs> I get obsessed with it. And um, unfortunately, this, there's always this lag, this like frustrating lag in between when something happens and when, and then there's like two years and then more shit comes out. So right now, I, I, I 
think they went to trial in May, but I couldn't find any updates. And the other thing that intrigues the fuck out of me is the kids all kept journals. That it was one of the few things that they were allowed to do. And I'm gonna read the shit out of those. Oh my god. Um, until I can't, because <laughs> there will probably be a point where I'm like, I oh, this is. In on January 14th of this last year in Paris, California, a very brave 17-year-old girl called 911, and she told them that she was being locked in her home and that her and her, her siblings were chained up, and she she had found an old cell phone somewhere, and you know you can still dial 911. So she had like crawled out a window, ran, and the cops go to the house. And the door is answered by a very baffled Louise Turpin. She's just like, what? And they go in there and they find children chained to beds. The house is filthy and disgusting. There are 13 children ranging from 2 to 29. And uh, two little dogs that were very well cared for. So the the two-year-old and the dogs were fine. Everybody else, uh, like, for instance, the 12-year-old was the size of a 7-year-old. The 29-year-old weighed 82 pounds. So, yeah, fucked up. So we're going to go back to the beginning. Mm. Little ditty about David mm. and Louise. Gonna gross you out so bad you put your head between your knees. <laughs> they grew up together. Hardcore Pentecostal families. And in Princeton, West Virginia, the land of opportunity. And when they first got married, she was 15 and he was 22. And, um... Do me a favor, too, and just just Google David Turpin, because I really want you to see a picture of this guy. He's a real treat. Oh, my God. I mean, it's going in the spank bank. Um, (laughs) Not my spank bank. uh, You say that now, but few women can resist. (laughs) I mean, I'll just say, you know, never trust a big butt and a smile. And never trust a man. (gasps) It kind of grew out a little bit. Well, it looks like he started doing it himself. And it went from, like, Adam Rich, eight is enough, to, like, Dr. Zayas. But at different points, it was more, uh, like, Three Stooges. Yeah, I mean, I've followed the evolution of the David Turpin haircut. (laughs) Um, And it, you know. Oh, can we just say that you do like to qualify people based upon their hair? Well, yeah, I've been part of your nature. Doing that for twenty-five years. You're a hairdresser. Not judging people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, also, well, you are. Yeah, you are totally. Um, But but yeah, it 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 bleeds into every aspect Mm. of my life. Yes. So, so he kidnapped her from school initially when they eloped, where he wore a hat and a fake mustache, and he went and pretended to be her dad and busted her out of school. That's not real. To elope, it's real deal. Wait, wait, they hadn't met. No, no, no. They so they grew up together. They had their families had known each other. Oh, okay. And to like elope with her, went and basically kidnapped her from school, wearing this janky ass disguise oh and saying God. he was her dad. So then. You know, her family found out, I think they went to Texas, but her, so her family came and got her, but then it was kind of like, well, if this is what you really want to do, then we're okay. And some background on her family, uh, they were apparently, uh, she had two sisters and they were apparently all being molested by a wealthy family member who was basically like paying her mom, like to, mm. because they were really hard up for money. Uh-huh. So the mom would take daughters over there and he would give her money and 
her sister said that he would like put money in their hands while he was doing stuff to them. And so they're, you know, like, not that Louise is exempt from blame, but you know, 15. I mean, can you like, can you imagine where is this happening again? What part of the country? So it started in West Virginia. Okay. And that's where, yeah, that, so that's where she grew up. All right. Her two sisters are younger than her. And they never mention who this wealthy family member is. Sounds like someone much older. I'm assuming maybe they're still alive. So there's the, like, reluctance to identify him. I don't know, dude. I'd be like, he did it. (laughs) Fuck that guy. So, yeah. So they were married in 1985, had their first kid in 1988. In 1992, they moved to Fort Worth, Texas, and had their second child. And David was doing really well working for Lockheed Martin, making six figures. So they were living very comfortably. And at that point, too, she would, like, fly the family out to visit them, and she would buy them stuff. And they lived in this really nice house and had a nice car. And everyone was like, this is awesome. She's living the dream. She, like, she made it. She did well for herself. Well, or not. Um, So in 1992... He, they declared bankruptcy, and that's when shit gets weird. My personal, I mean, it's not a personal theory. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but it seems like a lot of times, especially when you have a very strict patriarchal structured family, if something happens and the man is no longer able to provide for the family, like a lot of family annihilators, like that's the trigger for it is that the whole family should just die because he's failed. And rather than like come out to the family and say, Hey, I can't, you know, we're broke. They just, so his reaction was, Oh, we're spending too much money and we have to really like, you know, rain it in, rain it in. Mm -hmm. Tie those kids to bed because they don't. Yeah. You know? And, and so at that point their kids were still going to public schools, their daughter in third grade was stinky, was teased for being stinky and not looking right. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like after that, they pulled her out of school. And so by 1999, they had seven kids. Um, they leave Fort Worth, Texas. The pictures of the house and the condition that they left it in are gross to the max. Like they, it's just, you can, it's one of those times where I'm glad I can't smell the TV because it, there's like, it looks like actual like poop on the walls. E- oof. It's yeah, scratches on the doors, you know, because yeah, they're getting locked in bedrooms. The neighbor said that, you know, she would be like, "Hey, I'm your neighbor. What's your name?" And the kids wouldn't talk to her. One of them even was like, "Maybe you can guess it if I give you hints." And the other kids are all, "Stop! Stop! No!" They were only allowed to bathe from the wrist down. So it kind of makes sense when you think about all these things that they're doing is like, oh, we, you know, we can't waste that water, but they were allowed to shower once a year. Mm. So you've got a house full of kids in puberty only bathing once a year. It sounds more, more of a punishment for, for you. Are these folks religious? Are they Pentecostal? You said Pentecostal. And yeah. So I think one of the things about this case that's so fascinating to me is it's like, you know, you've got that sort of Duggars, like, why the fuck? Uh-huh. And then, yeah. um, and then as soon as I started hearing about it, I'm like, they sound like Quiverful. Do you, have you, Mm-mm. okay. What's that? So I became acquainted with, acquainted with this cult, I would say 15 years ago. Some, I was, cause everybody knows I like cults. So 
um, someone was telling me, like, oh, have you heard of this one? And they referred me to this really awesome blog that this woman wrote. Her name's Vicki Garrison. The, the blog's called No Longer Quivering. And she actually, so she got out. She started up something called the Spiritual Abuse Survivor Network because she says that the quiverful movement is spiritual abuse, um, which is when you're, you take someone who has a really deep desire to be extremely devout and you basically mm-hmm. use that to twist them into mm-hmm. abuse and making them do what you want. Let's see, you can see in my notes here what I, what I wrote. <laughs> Fucking mm. quiverful. <laughs> Background on quiverful, it's also known as providentialism or natalism, and it was a reaction to the advent of birth control where people were like, we are supposed to leave this up to God and we should not be choosing when we have a child. That's not our choice to make. Um, It kind of started around 1985 and it's called quiverful because (laughs) your kids are arrows that you're shooting out into the world, you know, so you want to have a Mm. full quiver because they're basically saying that, you know, they want to take over by just drowning out everybody else, you know, like make more people like you and then you can take over. It's creepy as fuck. Mm. Yeah. I I wrote down, uh, it's Jesus take the wheel style family planning (laughs) and it's hardcore (laughs) biblical patriarchy. So the man, so it's basically like each family is its own little cult. So the dad is the cult leader and then the mom is a hundred percent submissive to him. You have to do whatever your husband says, even if you don't agree with it and you know, it's wrong. You cannot question it. You have to do it. And then the kids, the hierarchy is like oldest to youngest being a quiverful daughter is hell on earth. You are a slave. Mm -hmm. You're there to serve everybody else. You're going to take care of all the other kids. Your mom is tired as fuck. Um, she's as a wife, you're never allowed to deny the husband sex. Like that's your job. Mm -hmm. You are there for him whenever he needs you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's some handmaid's tale fucking bullshit. They do reject infertility treatments mostly, but there's a lot of, it's pretty loosey goosey with quiverful. And one of the other things that I thought was interesting is like, you can be any denomination of religion and be quiverful. So there will be, you know, you can go to a Southern Baptist church and some of the families there might be quiverful or, whatever. I don't, I'm not really denomination savvy, but they'll, they go to just regular churches, but then they, it's like a lifestyle and, oh, and here's your favorite homeschooling. (laughs) You love a homeschool. (laughs) So it's interesting because you, you're not supposed to have any debt. You don't take government assistance. Um, your children do not go to school and you do a home birth. So these people are basically like completely off the grid. Super isolated. Yeah. 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 Another great example of a quiverful family is, uh, I don't know if you remember Andrea Yates who drowned her five children Mm. in the bathtub. Yeah. So she had said like, I'm having really bad postpartum. Please don't make me have more babies. Mm -hmm. And her husband was like, not my choice. It's up to Jesus. Good luck. Really? Oh, I didn't know that religion played a role in that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she Uh. suffered postpartum psychosis and became convinced that the devil was coming for her children and drowned them all. And then I think she went to jail and he got to just skippity do, you know? And yeah, Good times. Oh, and and um, lots of real fun, super creepy daddy daughter shit. Because mom's busy, you know. So then, <laughs> so the oldest daughter, one of the older daughters, frequently kind of takes over the emotional support role. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, nothing else. 
and they have like a lot of like daddy daughter dances and all that stuff. So basically, as a quiverful daughter, you are handed from the domain of your father directly to your husband, of course, at a very young age. And then it was something called the stay at home daughter movement, which I think is just keeping one around to like, yeah. you know, one. Yeah, that. Huh? I, like, I don't know how you pick, but yeah, um, it just and that's oof. like the surrogate mom, somebody to. That's like the surrogate mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's or just the like live-in maid. Mm. You know, because you've got twenty people living in a house, it's a lot. You know, and then what does um, what's the role of the wife then? Well, she's a baby factory, right? And she's a. Um, a whole hole. Yes. A couple hole. holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and taking care of whoever is a baby, you know. So it's a really good cult to join if you're a baby junkie. <laughs> you know, you're a baby addict. You know those ladies where they're like, ew, it's talking. I want to have another baby. I don't like it, like, talking to me and walking around. Okay, so yeah, quiverful. I feel like we you got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's talking. <sighs> so, God, in my I mean, stomach it just, now. It's so. I want to thank you. I'll be thinking it's, about it all day. It's so gross, and I mean, I, it, it it was kind of almost marketed as this like subversive feminist movement of like, let's get back to what women are really here for. And what I loved about Vicky's blog is she, she's talking about she's like I'm a shitty housewife. Like I suck at homemaking. You know, it just. But she did anyway, and her story has, like, so many other insane details because it's also kind of like you homestead. So you go to this place, you incur no debt, and you, like, build a home from scratch. And, I don't know. Um, Oh, a couple other fun, quiverful facts. Women have to have their husband's permission to have a bank account or an email. Mm. Um, So, of course, super isolated. They thought AIDS was a gift from God to, like, you know, punish. I mean, no shocker. Punish all the sinners. Um, so you have Pentecostal adjacent. So you got the fun speaking in tongues, um, which to me always just sounds like really offensive. Like mm. what white people think Arabic sounds like. Oh it's ugh. oh, I know. When I was like thirteen, I tried to get into being a young lifer, join <gasps> a church, Ooh, and I wanted to speak in tongues. One of my favorite, so bad. Favorite cults, young life. <sighs> It's. <laughs> I think that's also what, what turned me off to religion as well because I yeah. thought, well, if people can just make up some sort of gibberish as they're praying or whatever and call it a different language, whoa, whatever you want. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good time. You you wanted to you wanted to be um, filled with the spirit. Yeah. Start. Mm-hmm. Auction and yeah, awesome art. I was dunked in a dunk tank. Oh shit. In front of like a thousand people. Yeah. Well, we won't be hanging out after after so we die. Then. I was reborn. You get to and go upstairs. <laughs> I'm gonna like be. <laughs> I am washed of all sins because I know. You know, I was like, reborn. I got like thetans scabbing off of you sins and thetans. I'm like all clogged up. <laughs> you know, I was gonna fit in a Scientology reference somewhere. Yeah, so that's all our fun facts about Quiverful. Back to the Turpins. So okay. what was his, what was David Turpin's job? What was he? he was an engineer at Lockheed Martin? What is that? It's a like an aerospace company. Oh, okay. There's somebody. 
in, there, and this wasn't the first escape when they finally got caught. It's so heartbreaking. When they were living in Rio Vista, Texas, one of their girls got out. She went, like, through the woods three miles in, in 2010, uh, ended up out on a road. Apparently, some woman picked her up and just took her back to the house. So this could have ended eight years Aww. beforehand. It's it's heartbreaking. And apparently, this girl didn't know how old she was, didn't know what who the president was. So then Louise has five more kids. Mm-hmm. David loses his job. The house gets foreclosed on. Oh, this dog's part bums me out. They leave the house and they they left their dogs in the house. And so a few days later, when people came to clean it out, they found these poor dogs living on garbage and eating dirty diapers. Mm-hmm. Poor dogs. The bedrooms were looked like barrack style, just just a room just filled with bunk beds. Mm-hmm. And then the people that went and cleaned that house afterwards later were like holy shit because you can see it in some of the pictures too there's like zip ties and ropes on the um bed frames the lady was just like oh so that like kids mess around and well what was the thought behind restraining them to beds it was a punishment and but they did it every night like i don't know i more details need to come Mm. out i think it was just a it was just the louise turpin style parenting but, yeah, I don't know why you would... Because it sounds like they graduated from, like, uh, ropes, and then the kids figured out how to get out of those to, like, zip ties and then full-on, like, chains. It's amazing to me that it's, like, these people are so malnourished and so deprived of everything that they would have any kind of energy or wherewithal to even try to escape. They got one meal a day. And that does things to your brain, mm-hmm. you know? It's just... Well, last week when we were talking, I think what amazed me the most about this story was that you... I think you said something about they had a, a YouTube page or the kids had a YouTube page. Well, the, the one girl that I think is the same one that got out, she... It's, it's yeah, it's cute. It's heartbreaking. She had a YouTube channel mm. and where she would she would be like... You know, you'd see her in the same spot in the same bathroom recording her songs. So I don't know. It's weird because a couple of the kids got degrees. So I don't know if they, I know at one point one of them actually physically attended a college because the people that he went to school with, oh God, it's also like, uh, they said, you know, sometimes in class you would have like a pizza party or whatever. And they said anytime that there was food that he would just stand at that table and just eat and eat and eat and eat like he had never seen food before and they would do this fucked up thing i called it pie torture they would put they would put a pie on the counter and none of the kids were allowed to eat it it was just for the mom and dad and it's like yeah you're gonna look at this pie sitting here it's just like you motherfuckers Mm. you sick fucks Mm. um and and so the other thing uh was that they were they were completely nocturnal so then the kids aren't their circadian rhythms all fucked up. I mean, the weird fugue state that these kids must have been living in where you, you know, blackout curtains on all the windows, you know, you have no sense of time. You don't even know how old you are. It's just, it, it, I mean, it takes me back to another case that I got obsessed with, which was Joseph Fritzl in Austria, who, locked one of his daughters in the basement for I think it was like 30 years and had seven children with her and and when her kids this is again the Fritzl case when her kids came out of there 
as adults. Like, they had never seen the moon. They had never seen a car. You know, I mean, can you imagine? It's, uh, it's intense. They moved to California in 2010. Shit ramps up even more. At some point, Louise turned 40. (laughs) She turns 40, and she decides that she's got some, she's got makeup for some shit. So, she gets She's a little skinny and cute. She's looking good. And they kind of start, like, doing some swingery stuff, it sounds like. So the she had sexy photos on her MySpace page. And they always maintain this really, like, happy family social media presence. Um, so, I, don't, I mean, if you saw on, like, GMA or whatever, the pictures of them at Disneyland, they would go mm-hmm. to Disneyland. And um, it was like, look at us. And the thing 1 through 13, which is just... I get it, but it's fucking gross. So they get a hotel. She meets this dude. They get a hotel room. She fucks him. They film it. Um, And then one year later, she and David go back to that same hotel room and do it. So that's fun. (laughs) Then it sounds like also in around that time is when they start up their Sandcastle Day School. The shittiest school no one's ever been to. So, yeah, it sounds like, you know, none of the, there was no schooling going on. None of the kids knew how to read. I don't know. It's kind of confusing because, it's like, one thing would say, oh, they didn't know how to read. They didn't have basic skills. But then one of the, they were all allowed to journal. So, meh, 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 meh. I mean, more stuff will hopefully come out. In 2015, she finally has her last baby. And I think she was, like, well into her 40s at that point. And... Uh, they did two vow renewals to the point where when this first happened, one of the people that they were interviewing as like someone that knew the family was the Elvis impersonator who did their vow renewal ceremonies in Vegas. And, you know, people said like, oh, seven of these people are fully grown. Why would they stay? I mean, you're Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, it's like, your life. It's your life. It's all you know. Which is so fascinating to me to watch the footage of when the cops show up. Because Louise's body language, like she is, she's just like, what, what's, what's the problem? Like she opened the door, she let them in and she had kids currently tied up. It sounds like the kids who weren't tied up had like, um, restraint Mm -hmm. chafing. Mm -hmm. So she was so indoctrinated or whatever that she's got no concept that this isn't normal and this is wrong. But on the other hand, none of her neighbors knew that there were 13 kids living in there. And it it was kind of one of those things, too, where if people just talk to each other, each Mm -hmm. neighbor kind of saw one weird thing. Mm -hmm. So if they would have communicated, like, I think there's so many times where this could have been stopped and it just wasn't. So, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to your fucking neighbors. Mm -hmm. Be nosy. Like, these are the... These are the people. (laughs) They might be dead. We don't know. Case in point, my neighbor right now, they're still ambulances out front of her house. Yeah. We're pretty sure because, like, the EMTs are moving very slowly that Mm -hmm. it's not good news. Mm -hmm. We'll update that next week. The, The kids are, the littler kids are in foster families. The older kids are in some kind of interesting sounding, like, group home where it's this big structure, but they each have their own little apartment because they they don't know... They didn't know what medicine was. They don't know what a policeman was. So they just have to learn how to be in the world. How to, how to people. How to people. And 
I mean, who knows how much damage was done to their brains Mm -hmm. and their bodies from Mm -hmm. a lifetime of starvation. It's just strange to me because my first thought was like, oh, that's lazy. But it seems like it'd be a lot of work to to maintain all of this. Like, Mm -hmm. if it was laziness, they'd just be out doing whatever. You'd be like, fine, fuck you, get out of the house, go do shit. But you continue to imprison your kid until they're almost 30. Well, it's your work for God, right? (sighs) It's the work you have to put in for the Lord. I mean, it sounds like you have way more of a perspective on that (laughs) end of things than I would. No, 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 no. No, I was only, I was only a young lifer for like a hot minute. And then I, and then I met a boy and. Because we all know about that loophole. (laughs) (laughs) Wink. (laughs) Yeah. Because I. I am, it's interesting, I've asked on, because you know I'm on all these Facebook groups that are about this kind of stuff, and I was like, is Young Life a call? And the answers were really mixed, and mm-hmm. it sounds like it's kind of like the organization that we're in, where it's like, it depends on who's running your module. I think it module. is. You I think, think it is. T- mm-hmm. Yeah. Their teriyaki chicken's pretty good. It's all about, like, how do you appeal to the senses of an adolescent you give them like mm. we're gonna go out jet skiing we're gonna you know we're gonna what else do they do what else do young life do just they, jet skis they jet All ski everywhere jet ski for jesus <laughs> jesus ski <laughs> no you do like bowling and you do like all of those happy like but you have that shit happening all the time and then they sneak it in mm. where we're gonna really talk about you know the Lord and not fucking not. Yeah. Not fucking. Um, I don't know. I just, it feels shady. feels sneaky. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're trying to manipulate someone into liking something, you know, when you do that, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem genuine to me, but it's conditional. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, we're going to give you all this stuff and it's going to be super fun, but uh, you yeah. have to put our, one of our stickers on your car. It's like, <laughs> Exactly. And you have to sell our You're going to get a chicken. free meal, mm-hmm. but you have to listen to this spiel about cruises. Oh, no obligation to buy. <laughs> this, is our, this is your spiritual timeshare. Well, I thought it was because you watched Wild Wild Country, right? Oh, oh my God. No. Am <gasps> I supposed to watch this? Oh, oh. my God. I mean, okay. Because I thought it was, and I, so I'm going to spoil it for you. You have to watch it though. But at the very, very end... I'm writing it down as a note to and I mean, do. It's Netflix. Where, what Where? are you doing? What do I do with my time? Oh, my God. Fuck the staircase. Watch Wild <laughs> Wild Country and Evil Genius. But yeah, fuck the staircase. I don't know. Fuck cares. So at the end, the property that Rajneesh Prom had been on in the middle of nowhere in Ant- near Antelope, Oregon, was bought by Young Life. So it's like, oh, it just changed hands from one cult to the other mm. i mean it looks i love what they've done with it it mm-hmm. looks really nice there's like a lot of water slides jet skis i'm sure there's jet skis sure even though there's no skis. water <laughs> you're just gonna ride your jet ski down the water slide <laughs> Woo! Jesus. <laughs> yeah I, these kids i mean bless their their hearts they're hearts that probably don't function normally because of they haven't had any like fatty acids Mm, yeah it's i don't know like who louise what the fuck she's got she's got cult eyes though like her eyes are 
real far back into her mm. skull, and there are some dark circles of torment. Um, but I can't imagine being taken from the time you're 15 when you've already been. And it sounds like she bore the worst of the sexual abuse from this relative. Oh, and then her older sister, not older sister, the older younger sister, her middle sister, did an interview with Dr. Phil. And I didn't rewatch that because it's burned oh in my, my brain. God. But she talked about going to visit Louise and David at some point, I think when they were in Texas, and that like she was 20 and that David was like coming into the bathroom while she was taking a shower, like, oh, hey. Like, he, like, pulled back the curtain and was just like, oh, I'm just joshing with ya, just having some fun. Can you imagine being in the fucking shower and <laughs> up in that fucking bowl cut <laughs> freak, <laughs> whipping the curtain over, like, hey, just saying hi. <laughs> Uh, um, so it sounds like she's a little bit creeped up by that. But, and then, oh yeah, so they're being charged with, I wrote it down here somewhere, something like 38 counts of abuse and neglect, false imprisonment, torture, cruelty to a dependent, adult, and child abuse and endangerment. And they're pleading not guilty. Good luck with that. Uh-huh. And I think David was also charged with lewd, a lewd act on a child. And the other thing that I really wonder is, is that two-year-old Louise's? Oh. But they're, the girls are also malnourished. Like, I don't even know, like, do any, are any of them even menstruating? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if that happened, at least that poor girl hopefully got food for 10 months. But, yeah, home birth. So, and, you know, I don't give a fuck about home birth. Like, I'm not, yeah. you know, that's fine. But to do it so that the government doesn't know about your kid, like, that's getting weird. And there, and then I'll, when I was reading up on Quiverful, there are women who who are told by their doctor, like, you will die. You Like, one woman had, like, a bone degeneration condition where it was, like, you could die when you have a baby. And it's like, that's cool. Cause that's like the best way to go. And the quiver in quiverful is to like die in childbirth. Like mm. then you're a martyr. a martyr. It's a lot of martyrdom. Like it's, it's like the more the miserable you are, the, the better you're doing. Cause you're, you're suffering for, you know, your faith and your family and. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I Not feel like shit it. now. Not into it. And so Thanks. Well, watch Wild Wild Country, and then you'll feel great. <laughs> Wild Wild Country, like a lot of true crime documentaries, it's good. They definitely left some stuff out. Or, um, as, ugh. Oh, I, I just love it. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite details, I'm just going to tell you right now. This is what I love about you. Oh. Is that this, you get so excited. I get so excited. Just, <laughs> I, just, like, I, I, I get intrigued. I'm intrigued, and I, then I just I'm go, like, oh, God, this is disgusting. La, 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 la. I don't want to hear any more. the sound of me rubbing my hands together <laughs> with glee. Um, so you're, like, working through this with me. Okay. Yeah, so... What was my fun detail? Oh, the residents of the town, which was not close to Rajneeshpuram, but it sounds like because the whole area was just so wide open, they could hear the crazy hippie sex. Like, the the sound of it would echo through the valley, and they could hear it in the town. So I just can't imagine, like, you, you, you know, you live out in the middle of nowhere in Antelope, Oregon, and you're just, like, sitting on your front porch, cracking open a Rainier... <laughs> and you're hearing not just sex, uh-huh. but hippie 
sex. Primal. Primal grunting. <laughs> ew, Yuki, ew. And I just, I kept thinking about, like, just the pube situation. I don't know. I just go places with stuff. Um, But on the other Um, hand, what fascinates me about that is, you know, I wonder how many people were there just because they were gay mm -hmm. to just be gay and not Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. harassed. Like they don't really show you in the documentary what it's like to just be, to just live there and be like your average sannyasin, you know, pick and kale and just doing your thing. Like it really focused on, I mean, I'm sure there's a giant pile of books I could read. I'm not, I'm not that, mm. I don't have the time. I'm mm-hmm. too busy reading about UFOs right now. <laughs> That's where I go when things kind of scare me in the world as I just start reading UFO stories. And yeah, and tulpas, which I can't wait to talk about. I, I heart tulpas. It's super fun. So next week, you'll, this week was Turpin's. Next time will be tulpas. Tulpas. Turpin tulpas. Turpin tulpas and taints. <laughs> And, and jet skis. And jet skis. All right. Uh, I think we're good. We're done, right? Yeah. We I would it. say mm. so. We we pushed and pushed. We just squeezed that blue ball Get right the out. blue balls out. We have birthed um, a podcast. All right. And we don't have, like, snappy sign-offs or anything. This is Ginger signing <laughs> off. <laughs> Bye-bye.